Uh, turn to the book of Ecclesiastes, please. Ecclesiastes. I figured that tonight we would have mostly people that more senior in here. Uh, we don't have any teenagers in here. They're all in class. And so we have all the adults in here. And not all the adults, but the adults that are not working right now. And uh, everyone is getting older. I would imagine that you are uh, uh, probably think once in a while, how long are you going to live? You know, anyone that gets to be uh, 40 years old remember, realizes that they're probably halfway or more than halfway through with their life. And they say, uh-oh, what am I going to do? to make my, my life count for the rest of my life for the Lord. And uh, in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, uh, we want to read some verses there. But before we do, uh, do you know one of the marks of success of ball teams when they're playing is making adjustments at halftime? Now, I played some basketball in high school and loved it and and many times at halftime, we were behind in the score. And our coach did his best to make some adjustments at halftime so that we could go back out and have a chance at catching up and winning the ball game. I remember one time we were behind 20 points at halftime. We went in and our coach made some adjustments and we went back out. And boy, we eked that game out and we won that game by two or three points and praise the Lord. That was exciting. That was fun, you know, to come from behind and win. And now in your life, maybe you have wasted a lot of your life. A lot of times we get halfway through our life and think about it and we think, man, what in the world have I accomplished for the Lord? What have I accomplished in my life that will stand for eternity? And we start thinking about that. Let's read in the book of Ecclesiastes, verse number uh, 1 through 12, and we'll stop after verse, at verse number 12. Now, we could read others, but there, but that's as far as I want to go. It says, to, there, to everything there is a season, and a time to every purpose under the heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted, a time to kill, and a time to heal, a time to break down, and a time to build up, a time to weep, and a time to mourn, and a time to dance, and a time to cast away stones, and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to get, and a time to lose, a time to keep, and a time to cast away, a time to rend, and a time to sow, a time to keep, and a time to speak, a time to keep silence, and a time to speak, a time to love, and a time to hate, a time of war, in a time of peace, what profit hath he that worketh in that wherein he laboreth? I have seen the travail which God hath given. 
to the sons of them to be exercised in it. He hath made everything beautiful in his time. Also he hath set the word in their heart so that no man can find out the work that God maketh from the beginning to the end. I know that there is no good in them but for a man to rejoice and to do good in his life. Heavenly Father, I pray that you be with me for the next few moments as I speak. And I pray that it be a blessing to these people that are here and we'll be grateful and thankful for it. Of course, if there's anybody lost, we'd like them to get born again. Anybody that's saved but they're not headed in the right direction in their life, that you would help them to get turned around and headed in the right direction in their life. And we'll be grateful and thankful for answered prayer in our lives. In Jesus' name, I do pray. Amen. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, whenever I think of my life, I realize that I am 77 years old now. It's hard to believe that I'm that old. Whenever you get older like me, now there's not too many here that are 77 or older, but there are a few. But you that are my age or older, you will have to contest to the fact or attest to the fact that you have probably thought about dying, thought about how long you're going to live. And whenever you see in the news about somebody dying and it tells their age, many of them are younger than you. And you think, oh my goodness, people are dying and they're younger than me. Almost everyone in the paper that's dying is younger than me. And man, it's amazing when you start thinking about the future. Well, um, preacher, why are you still in the ministry? Why are you still out preaching all the time? Well, I figure as long as I'm busy, active for the Lord, maybe God will just let me keep on living. And I'm thinking that you know that the average person when they retire, they live 18 months and die. What they do is they get home from work and they put their feet up on a chair and they watch TV or something like that and in 18 months they kick the bucket. Well, I tell you what, uh, I don't want to do that soon. I'd rather just live a little longer and keep on serving God and try to be what I ought to be for the Lord Jesus Christ. But uh, we think, a lot of people think, that when you get past about 60, your life is pretty much over and you can't do much else for the Lord so I'll just come and I'll just sit in church. Oh, listen, there's a lot that a person can do after they get past 60. Man, it's exciting to lead people to the Lord. You know, there's people all over the place that are looking for God. And all we have to do is keep our eyes open and our spirit in tune with God. And God will lead those people to you uh, or you to them. And uh, man, I, I wish I could take the time tonight to just go through some of the people that I've led to the Lord in the last six months. And that's fun to lead people to Christ. But you can be active for the Lord. But there's a lot of things that you can do even when you get older. One of the things that you can do is pray. I mean, you never get too old to pray and you ought to be praying for those who are younger and praying for those who are lost and praying for uh, all kinds of things that you can pray for. These things that were mentioned just earlier. Now, when we get to about 40, we come to what they call a midlife crisis. A midlife 
crisis and uh, thinking that, man, it won't be long until my teeth are going to start falling out. And then uh, one of these days you'll find that your teeth are floating in a jar, you know, uh, at nighttime when you take them out and put them in the jar. So, do you know, one thing is for sure that we become more reflective as we get older on our lives and what are we doing that matters? What are we doing that account for something? Let me say that any of you that have helped in the, in the VBS this week, God bless your hearts. But do you know that it's interesting that you have enough volunteers that have volunteered to help in VBS that your pastor has to think pretty hard to make sure that everybody stays busy. But boy, it's a wonderful problem to have when you have all these volunteers helping and registering and keeping people in line and sitting there in the audience and keeping the kids quiet and all kinds of things like that. But whenever you get older, you start asking big questions like, what is life? Why am I here? How long is God going to let me stick around? What can I do that's valuable that will last forever and ever and ever? You know, the day will come <clears throat> when you'll look in the mirror and you'll see a wrinkle or you'll see some gray hair and you'll think, man, I'm getting older. And then you'll look a little bit later and you'll think, not am I looking older, I am getting older. I'm older and it's happening to you. It's happening to me. It'll happen to all of us. And But in every season of your life, you can find fulfillment. You can find some things that are valuable in your life and some things to do for the Lord uh, in the uh, senior years of your life, no matter what age that you are. You know, uh, in uh, the first half, it's kind of like if you put a DVD in and we're going to watch a movie on your TV at home and you, somebody put it in and you walked in about 20 minutes late and you sit down and for a while you have no idea what's going on, but about the time that you figure it out, then the movie's over. And that's about like your life. You get into your life and you're a ways in it. You think, man, what am I going to accomplish in this life? What am I doing? And then before you know it, you're just about ready to kick the bucket and you haven't done anything yet and you, and, and you feel that your life is wasted. Man, wouldn't it be great to get to the end of your life and God's about ready to take you to heaven and then you say, Lord, I messed up a lot of my life and didn't live for you on a lot of it, but Lord, thank you so much for helping me to live for you the last season of my life and to count for you and won a few people to Christ and and I got a few people in church and I was a good example for my family and I helped, uh, you know, this area and that area and so on. You could thank the Lord later on in your life. But, but you know, uh, by the time people generally figure out their life, it's over done with, and it's gone. I had a a revival every year or two, uh, every couple of them every year when I was in Wisconsin, actually when I was in Texas and Arkansas and New York, uh, whichever state I was in. But there was a man in my church in New York that every time we would have a revival, he would come to the altar and weep and pray and weep. And after the services were over, he would come to me weeping and he would say, preacher, When I was a young man, God called me to preach. 
and I didn't do it. And I'm so sad that I didn't do what God told me to do. And I would tell him, I said, listen, you can't go back and undo what you did already in your life or didn't do already in your life. But I tell you what, you don't know how long you're going to live and you can start right today and live for God today and be what God wants you to be today and count for the Lord the rest of your life, whether it's a day or two or a year or two or 10 or 12 years or whatever. But uh, he has since passed away and gone to heaven. And, uh, you know, there's, uh, there's several principles, though, that you can establish in your own life to help you to make uh, the best part of your life or, or to make your life wonderful. Uh, some principles of vision, have a vision. I'm not going to spend much time on that, but have faith and, and we need wisdom. And then you also have a lot of experience. You can use the experiences that you have and determination and commitment and contentment, but how to make the best of the rest of your life. Number one, get the ability to look beyond past failures. Maybe you messed up uh, in your younger life. But what you've got to do is give that to God, forget about that, and look to the future, look to living for God, look to putting God first in your life from now for the rest of your life to serve God. Develop that ability, and you'll be glad that you did. Also, you need to believe God in spite of circumstances. Just trust God no matter what happens. Good or bad, just trust the Lord with all of your heart. That's what a preacher has to do. A preacher has no idea what's going to happen in a week. He may uh, have a wonderful day on Sunday and then Monday get a phone call and somebody's upset or some tragedy has happened and whatever and things happen. But we need to make the best of each day as it happens and trust God to lead us and guide us and direct us in our lives. Now, uh, in the book of uh, Matthew 21, verse number, um, uh, Matthew 21, verse number 22, it says, And all things whatsoever uh, ye ask in prayer, believing ye shall receive. And in Mark 9, 23, he says, Jesus said unto him, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. We need to start having some faith in the God that we've been believing in all these years and believe that God can answer prayer. It's a wonderful thing when you get to the place into your life and when you kneel in prayer that there's a sense in your heart and in your spirit that you know God is listening to your prayer. That's a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful feeling whenever you can pray that way. In Mark chapter 11, verse 22, Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in heart, but shall believe that these things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Wow, that's amazing. Amazing, if you just have faith in God and believe in prayer and talking to God. God is real. That one that you repented of your sins and asked into your heart to save your soul, he's just as real now as the day that you ask him to save you and he will lead you and guide you and direct you in your life if we'll just learn to obey the direction of the Lord every day. 
You know, in the book of uh, James chapter 1, verse 5, it says, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. See, just uh, believe in God and trust in him and ask in him. And then also we need to learn from the past. Learn from the past. Now, we don't want to dwell on the past, but we learn from the past mistakes that we've made and maybe some victories that you've had and learn from them and repeat the ones that are victorious and not do the ones that were failures in the past of your life and start learning from the past. Everybody in the world has setbacks. We fail in things. But we can't throw in the towel and quit. We need to move on in our life and accomplish something for God. Learn from the past. Don't live in the past, but learn from the past. And uh, uh, then you can think of trophies that you've had in the past and victories that you've won. Things that have happened in your life that are victorious and wonderful. And it'll be a blessing to your life, you know, when you, when you don't live in the past. Then also... Uh, be committed for the long haul. The little kids, they sing, I am determined, I've made up my mind. I'll serve the Lord. Jesus has saved me, I know he is mine. I'll serve the Lord. And the song goes on. And we, uh, but, but man, we need to be determined that we're going to do what God wants us to do. We need to be determined to do that. And uh, if you make up your mind to do something, you can do it. You really can. I determined back January the 1st of this year that I was going to read the Bible through four times this year. And that means once every three months. Uh, I have finished the third time already. I'm starting on the fourth. I have five books of the Bible read on the fourth time through this year. I'm not trying to brag. I'm just saying that you can do what you make up your mind to do. You can you can read the Bible every day. If you make up your mind, you're going to read it every day. You can pray every day. If you make up your mind, you're going to pray every day. You can hand out tracts every day. If you make up your mind, you're going to hand out tracts every day. You can talk to somebody about the Lord. Uh, but it, you have to make up your mind that you're going to talk to somebody about the Lord. Have it yourself program to do what God wants you to do. Uh, you can be nice to your wife, be nice to your husband. You can, you can be uh, a blessing to your children and all the different things, but make a commitment for the long haul and be determined. Philippians chapter three, verse number 12 says, not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after that if that I may, appre be, may apprehend that for which I also am apprehended of Christ Jesus. In other words, look to the Lord and he'll help you to accomplish the things that you need to accomplish in, in this particular life. Number six is the future is bright. We look at our nation and anybody could get discouraged by looking at the news. Man, every day negative things happen and our country is in a mess and we don't have time to go into all that tonight. But uh, what we need to understand is that God is on the throne. Jesus is going to come back and we're going to be raptured out of here. And if you die before you're raptured out of here, then you'll, you'll see Jesus come back and so on. But the future is bright. And have contentment about the future. Hebrews 13, 5 says, let your conversation, that's your lifestyle, folks, not just your talking. 
That's your lifestyle. Let your conversation or lifestyle be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Isn't it wonderful that we can trust God and that he won't ever leave us, never forsake us, and and, uh, he's always with us and you don't have to wonder if he's there when you kneel to pray? He is there. He promises that he is. And if you ever say, well, it doesn't feel like my prayers are going any higher than the ceiling, then get the sin cleaned out of your life and it'll, it'll change. The reason your sins don't go, your prayers don't go any higher in the ceiling is because there's something, a barrier between you and the Savior. And folks, that's sin that gets in your life. What are you doing that God doesn't like? What are you doing that's wicked and ungodly? But you get that taken care of, and then you'll start understanding and feeling and, and knowing that God does hear your prayers. In Philippians, uh, in Hebrews chapter 13, verse number 5. Um, he says, let your conversation be without covetousness. And uh, let's see, I just read that verse. Uh, let's uh, uh, look at uh, uh, Philippians 3, verse 12. No, I'm going to skip that verse. Let's go to Psalm 37, 25. I have been young. That was a long time ago. And now I'm old. And that's true. Yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. He is ever merciful. And he lendeth, and his seed is blessed. Man, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not to thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he'll direct thy paths. Jeremiah chapter 29, verse number 11 says, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Then shall ye call upon me, and ye shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you, and ye shall seek me and find me, when ye shall search me for me with all of your heart. Isn't it a wonderful thing that you can believe that God does uh, answer your prayers and hears your prayers? Now, uh, just... uh, A couple of things here that I want to mention to do with your life now that you're getting older. And as you get older and you get closer to that time that God's going to call you to heaven. Number one, get to know God on a personal basis. Get to where you feel like you're really talking to God when you talk to the Lord in prayer. Uh, if you're not saved, you need to get born again by the blood of Christ and talk to myself or, or uh, uh, Pastor Caleb uh, Bottrell or one of the men back here or one of the ladies and we'll to- tell you how to get saved. Uh, so establish your relationship with the Lord. Once you know Christ, um, then there's other purposes and other things for your life. Number two, try to strive to be like Jesus. Try to be like Christ. Be Christ-like in all that you do. Uh, What would Jesus do in this situation? And try to have that kind of wisdom. Develop Christ-like characteristics. Read the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 5, chapter 6, and chapter 7, where it tells you how you treat your neighbor and treat your friend and love your enemies and do good to them that despitefully use you and, and forgive one another. And, and uh, 470 times, if you, if you have that problem of forgiving, man, just see what the Bible has about forgiving somebody else and those kinds of things. So then also, number three, we ought to practice serving the Lord. Practice serving. Get busy for the Lord. I was in a church the other day. Uh, 
son, that uh, they had what they call a ministry uh, day. It was a wonderful time together. And after the service, they all had, <coughs> had food together. <coughs> One of the things that gets people in a good mood is when you have a lot of food. And then they had, they had everybody in their church that was the head of a different ministry take 30 seconds and tell people what it was. And they had 20 people, I believe, or 22 people maybe, uh, that it came up and uh, took 30 seconds and told what their ministry was. And then over in the gymnasium, they had tables all set up and uh, labels on them. And they were supposed to go, all the people, whatever they were interested in, go by and sign up. And man, they had people signing up for everything. And when they got all done, they had almost more people signed up for everything that, that, than what they actually needed. But man, we need to get involved in doing something and serving the Lord and being active serving God. Everyone ought to be. Don't just come and sit in the pew and think you've done your part. No, no, no. It's a great place to learn the Bible. It's a great place to fellowship. But it's not serving God when you come to church. You know, it's serving God when you get active doing something for God. And then number four, uh, witness to people. Tell people about Jesus. Invite people to church. Tell people how wonderful God is. And many, many, many times, whenever I go into a restaurant and eat, uh, whenever you travel as much as my wife and I and my daughter travel all across the country, then you have a lot of chance to eat in restaurants. And a lot of times, I'll uh, start talking to somebody else in one of the other uh, booths or seats and so on in the restaurant. And, hey, how you guys doing? Are these your kids? Man, they're sure handsome kids there. Here, let me give you this thing, and it tells you how to get to heaven. Everybody needs to know how to get to heaven. And, man, uh, and I very seldom does somebody not take a tract from me whenever I have a positive spirit like that and talk to them in a restaurant. Do you know that I had a preacher with me one day? In fact, two or three times, actually. Uh, but I did something like that in a restaurant. And um, then we left, and the preacher said, Man, I sure wish that I could do that. Do what? I said. He said, I wish I could talk to people in a restaurant like that. I wish I was outgoing like you. Guess what? I'm not outgoing. I'm really not. Honest to God, I'm not outgoing. If you had a party, I'm perfectly willing to sit over in the corner and watch you have a good time. I mean, that's my personality. And when I go in a restaurant, myself wants to go sit in a chair and not talk to anybody. I have to psych myself up and make myself do it. But when I do it, I'm always glad that I did it. And man, we ought to take the initiative and, and do it and hand out a tract and tell somebody about Jesus, invite somebody to church. And, and, and man, many times I've had very positive things happen. Uh, the other day I, I saw a man and his wife and a couple of kids sitting there. And I said, hey, good to see you guys. Here you go. Uh, let me give you something here. And I said, man, are those your kids? And they introduced me to their kids and so on. And, and they says, man, thank you for coming and talking to us. They thanked me for it. They took the tract, and, and I don't even remember what city that was in now. But man, we need to witness to people. Um, the, the best use of your life is to invest it in somebody else. Amen. Tell them about Jesus. And, and that's what God, how God can pay you back. Because he says, give, and it shall be given unto you. Now, it works with money, but it also works with yourself. Whenever you are kind to people, they're kind back. 
Whenever you give yourself to people, they give back. We ought to have that. Well, guess what? Folks, our time is up and uh, let's have every head bowed and every eye closed and no one looking.